Hello, my name is Pastor Nathan, and welcome to session one of the Relational Christianity course. I'm pleased that you can join us in this endeavor to evaluate our faith, to understand faith in Jesus and the message of the gospel more, that we can truly and faithfully live out the calling upon all of our lives to acknowledge Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, as the Messiah. And the goal of this course is to ask the hard questions, to flee from the temptation to make Christianity a religion of routine, things that we just do out of obligation or burden without asking ourselves those questions of why we do what we do. So hopefully at this point you've read through uh, the different sections of session one uh, entitled Meeting God and you've been able to uh, address some of the questions listed in session one and I pray that there has been revelation for you of uh, some things in your faith that maybe aren't as strong as, as you thought uh, or maybe affirmation of areas of your faith that are right on track, that uh, this first session has just affirmed uh, your faith and your relationship with God. And as you've seen from reading through the introduction of the Relational Christianity course, the purpose of this is just to be able to evaluate and assess the various relationships that are essential uh, in the, the walk of a Christian and to, to address those so that we can move forward in growth and development together as the church and as disciples of Jesus. So I'm thankful that you've been able to, to go through session one, and hopefully this audio recap will uh, just reaffirm things that you've, you've discovered in reading through the booklet and uh, and hopefully just expand on some of the thoughts and the the goal of session one, which is a relationship with God. So as we're going to see as we move through this course, we're going to address different relationships that are important in seeing fruit in our in our life as Christians and as the church. So really the 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 main point of session one is just addressing our relationship with God the Creator, God the Father. And I think what we we have discovered is that there's different areas that maybe test our faith or test the quality of that relationship. And one thing that we're going to say over and over is that it's quality over quantity. So we want to make sure that the faith that we do have is quality and that we're not just assessing our faith because of how much we do uh, or how much we have done, or how much we plan to do, but that it's all based off of the quality of even the little amount that we see happening in our lives, but that that little would be of great quality. So really the goal with session one is looking at our relationship with God the Father, starting with the idea of faith by association. So I think that it's a common story, a common experience that uh, many people who identify themselves as Christians, uh, they grew up in a Christian household or they, they became a Christian through someone else, um, or maybe they are just associated with the church and that's something that's become part of their identity. But in the first section of session one, we address the necessity 
for you to have an experience with God personally. One thing you see throughout the Bible is you see individuals that have personal encounters with the living God. And of course, other people's testimonies are are valuable, and we need to hear testimonies of uh, brothers and sisters in Christ around us. Um, we talk about that later in this course, just the value of testimony, that the church is growing in the present time, and the church is interacting with the living God in the present time, that it's not just stories that we rehash and, and recycle and remember fondly, but that we all have ongoing encounters with the living God. So hearing testimonies is absolutely valuable and I would say essential in the life of the church and the life of the Christian, but we have to be careful to not only rely on the testimonies of other people, that we don't just get excited hearing testimonies of other people and that that becomes our fuel, but that we are personally having encounters with the living God on our own. That as we meet and we share the gospel with other people, that we not think about it in a way that we hope that people are inspired by our story or that their faith grow because of our story, but that not only are they encouraged and inspired, but then that leads them to that next and most important step, that they not stop with so-and-so has an amazing life in Christ or so-and-so has an amazing testimony of how they became a Christian but that that spur them on to have a personal encounter on their own with the living God. So if we haven't had that, if that's something that you identify with, that you have maybe associated with the Christian faith, or you've associated uh, with people that, that do have a sincere faith in the living God, that we have to make sure that, that we acknowledge that. And again, that's something that's going to come up throughout this course, that there are certain things that are very difficult to acknowledge. If you've built your life on the foundation of that identity that you are a Christian and maybe you know all of the answers, it is a, it is a, a, a devastatingly difficult task to face that truth that maybe that foundation is not as strong as you once thought. But the goal of this course is not to plug along with the assumptions that everything is fine when maybe they're not. So as we move along, uh, if you're taking this course with other people, if you're doing this on your own, I just want to encourage you that those difficult questions is right where we want to be. So if you found yourself reading that section and identifying that maybe you have associated with the Christian faith, but you don't have it on your own, that you haven't had a personal encounter what we have as the next step is to pray and to pray that that God would would reveal and encounter through the power of the Holy Spirit right now as you're listening. Because that's what he wants. He doesn't want people that associate with him. He wants people that know him, people that have a, a strong relationship with him. So our faith cannot be built off of association. It can't be built off of knowing other people or having experience with other people that have a strong faith. We have to have that on our own. And if we don't have that right now, we can stop this recording and we can pray that God would reveal an encounter, that God would show you his glory as Moses asked, that as we go into the word, we would encounter the Holy Spirit revealing truth in a powerful way to us. 
the second section in, in our first session of relational Christianity is this idea by I doubt by association. So this idea that I, I don't quite believe because I have, I have doubts and, and doubts are extremely helpful. Doubts are actually a great thing. It shows that we're thinking, but we have to go to the, the core of why we doubt a lot of people doubt the reality of God. They doubt the reality of the Gospels. But we have to ask ourselves, why are we so doubtful? Why are we questioning? The why that you question is so important. Questions, I found, are, are so present in the Bible that questions are, 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 are welcome, that God invites us to ask. God invites us to pursue truth and to seek an understanding that we aren't meant to just to close our eyes and move along because someone said to you. But we, we need to have understanding, and the understanding is preceded by questioning, asking a question, that there is no question off limits, that, that God in his sovereignty and as the creator God has answers for you. So we have to ask ourselves why we're doubting. And a lot of people doubt the reality of God, they doubt the the power of the gospel or the reality of the gospels because possibly they've been hurt, possibly they've they've encountered um, a false representation of the gospel. So again, this is a this is an important uh, an important point. If this is you, maybe you're you're pursuing uh, this course to understand what the gospel is, and and maybe you have a a, a, a hesitation to believe in God or to even pursue any further the reality of God because of your experiences with people. And, and, I, and I'm here to tell you and to reaffirm what you've read in that section, that God is good. We live in a broken world. We live in a broken world with sinners just like me. But God is a perfect God. And he loves you and he has created you and he is aware of your circumstances and he desires to bring you good things. And mind you, those good things often come with difficulty, through suffering, with great patience and endurance. But it says that every good and perfect gift is from above. That God is good. So if we're having doubts because of people or because of circumstances... We need to ask God to show that to us and then not to leave it there, to, to leave us in a place where we're angry or we're resentful or we feel vindicated that, yes, that's what I, I thought. I thought that all Christians were hypocrites or I thought that God would just bring misery into my life and see that's why that happened because of that person or that, that situation or that moment in my life. We have to move beyond that and to see that we live in a broken world with broken people, but that God is good. And we have to take that step of faith, just like Jesus said, take a mustard seed of faith and ask a different question. Say, God, show me who you are. Show me who you are. Not show me all of the negative situations and circumstances that have happened into my life and that give me reason to be angry or resentful but show me who you are. Show me your glory. That can be a prayer right now that God would show you his glory. And we have to go and we have to go into the Bible and ask him to reveal himself. We can't go into it dictating 
what we expect to see and then having that be fulfilled. We have to go in with a blank slate and say, God, I want to see your glory. I want to see who you are. I want to hear your voice. I don't care about anything else. I just want to see who you are. The third section in our first session is the idea of guilt without grace. Guilt without grace. And I think that's a common place where I think many people find themselves is this idea of guilt without grace. This idea that everyone has to be perfect. That you have to get the perfect score. And the beauty of the gospel is that it's a gospel of grace. A gospel of a free gift of love and forgiveness and justification by faith and by grace. And of course, with that, every day of a Christian's life, we are called to something higher. And there is a God that demands obedience. We can't escape that. If you read in your Bible and all you see is a God that forgives and doesn't really expect you to be inconvenienced and doesn't expect obedience and doesn't expect righteousness, you're not reading the Bible or you're reading a version that is not faithfully true to God's word and who he is. So we do have to acknowledge that there is a vital aspect of the Christian life that we do have to obey, that we do have to be obedient to the new covenant, that when Jesus gives his famous sermon on the mount, He widens the expectation. He doesn't just say it's wrong to murder, but he says it's wrong just to think hateful thoughts and that that is the equivalent of murder. So under this new covenant, we don't get expanded leeway to do more for our own flesh. But if anything, Jesus narrows that gate. And he says in order to to live by this new covenant, you have to be born again. You're not capable of living this way without having a heart that's been made anew. So yes, there is a place for obedience. We have to be obedient. And someone who has been born again lives by a new covenant. However, it never can return to a place where you are earning your salvation, where you feel that every day you have to find perfection but that we have to always reset to a gospel that saved us by grace out of a perfect gift that we can never repay. And that has to break our heart and that has to soften our heart and that has to make our heart new. That when you look at other people, that there there is no more measurement applied to every other person of how good they are and how well they've done in life and how much they deserve, that can never enter our mind anymore, regardless of how how terrible someone is to us or to others. Because of the fact that we have received new life and new hope that lives eternal by grace, that we did not earn it at all. So if that's us, if we're going through session one and we live according to this law, of self-justification. That might be how you live. That might be the way to approach life that helps you make sense of life. That, that, that can all be true, but it's not the gospel. So if we're pursuing a relationship with God 
as revealed in the Messiah, Jesus Christ, to be born again as Christians, as disciples of Jesus, to grab a hold of the hope of eternal life in his name, we have to acknowledge the gift of grace. It can no longer be about how much you've done and what you earned. So if we're choosing to live that way, we have to acknowledge that I've chosen to live according to a worldview that says, if you do right, you deserve X, Y, and Z. And those who do right will, will get those rewards. While if we identify ourselves as Christians, we have to live according to a gospel that was given to us by grace. But like we said just before, a gospel that gave us grace to be born again, that we would obey. And that's, that is the, the miracle. That is the tension that we live by, that of course we can never earn our own salvation, that we cannot earn God's love. Yet, his love transforms our heart, that we do want to do everything to honor him with our obedience. That is something that has to be true in our daily life. So we have to have a gospel that is guilt only in a healthy dose, that we feel conviction, but that we understand that we are forgiven by grace and that God is the king, but he is a king that loves. He is a king that loves abundantly every day in this moment right now as you're listening. Our final section of session one is entitled Love Without Fear. And I think this is, this is one of the other kind of extremes. You can be on the pendulum side where it swings all the way to one side where everything is about being perfect, about earning your own salvation, and there is no grace. There is no free gift. There is no forgiveness that you look at someone across the aisle or you look at someone that you know and you say, there's no way God could forgive them. There's absolutely no way. They've done nothing to deserve that. That can no longer be the words of a Christian. That can no longer be the words that come out of your mouth as a disciple of Jesus because of the reality that you were saved and that God has shown you the depth of your sin and the depravity of your soul without the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross and that that has made your heart new, that has has caused you to be born again that you look at someone that desperately needs Jesus and you intercede for them out of love, not out of doing the right thing so that you get more. So that's one extreme where it's all guilt, it's all seeking perfection, but then the other extreme in our section, Love Without Fear, is this idea that it's all about grace, that there is no fear, that you even have people preaching that it's really not fear, and, and granted that there is a study there to understand what healthy fear is. And, and that's something that, that is reserved for another time, not right now. But that's something I encourage you to, to look into it. Look into the language. Look into the word that's used for fear. And understand that in a healthy and comprehensive way. But the idea that we have to totally erase this desire to be obedient to an almighty God who judges I think there is, a, there is an impulse in the human flesh to flee from something like that. We don't want to be judged. We want to be affirmed. We want to know that everything we do is right. We want to, to be celebrated. That is part of our sin nature. Every person on the face of the earth would love to be loved and not be judged. Yet, with the gospel, 
we do get grace. We do get a gospel of love, but we do have a gospel that puts Jesus on the throne and he is the king that will come again and judge those that acknowledge him as Lord and Savior, as the Christ, and those that do not. And that is something that is inescapable in Scripture. That is something that we cannot argue away. That's not something that we can compassion away. That is a reality. And if we are not living according to that reality, then again, we have to ask ourselves that hard question. Are we really living as a Christian according to what Jesus has given us in the gospel? Or have we created a new version that more or less just fits our worldview, more or less fits our personality? And those are different things. So if we're uncomfortable with judgment, if we're uncomfortable with the idea that we are called to repent daily, even though we have been saved completely on the cross, that we are called to feel conviction, to feel and welcome and embrace discipline from the Lord. If we flee from that, we are in the same moment fleeing from the truth of the gospel. But like we just said before, there is the balance that you do not live every day as condemned under the hand of a spiteful and angry father. You live under the protection of a loving father that has given you the gift of eternal life and new hope every day by grace. That is a gift that you did not earn yet. That has to lead us to that next step where our hearts are transformed and that we understand that what we do is known by the Lord and we do everything to honor him and bring glory to him in our obedience. So there can't be one without the other. That's something that we have to get across, that being a Christian, having a relationship with God the Father, the Creator, the living God, is complex. He is not a comic book character. He's not a cartoon character that is black or white or two-dimensional. Think of any relationship you have with any person that is a, that is a strong relationship. Those relationships are complex. And why would it be any different? with our Father in heaven? How would that relationship all of a sudden be two-dimensional and not complex? So we do have a, a, a Father God that is the judge, that demands obedience, yet we have a Father God that has given us grace and given us the life that we have so that we would prosper, that we would be blessed, that we would live with joy in our heart that we wouldn't have to muster that up or convince ourselves to be happy, even though everything stands to the contrary with what we know about who he is, that we would naturally feel that joy, that we would naturally encounter his love, that we would naturally want to praise him every day, even though he remains the judge and the king and the authority over every aspect of your life. We have to pursue a complex relationship with our Father God. So session one, this is all about resting in that place to ask ourselves, is our relationship with the living God complex? Do we have a testimony where we have personally encountered the living God? And if not, we need to pray right now. And I I would advise you, as as I will with the, the following sessions, Don't proceed to the next session 
unless these questions have been addressed, unless you have spent time in prayer and in fasting, pursuing answers and revelation. Because I believe that you listening to this, that you engaging with this course is much more than you seeking more information, more knowledge, or something to to keep you busy. That we are dealing with issues of life and death. And that that's not an overreaction, that's not hyperbole, that this is really how the early church would preach about it. This is how Jesus brought us the message of good news in the gospel as the Messiah, as the Christ. So we have to ask ourselves these hard questions. Do you have a personal testimony where you have encountered the living God without a doubt? That that's not something that you can chalk up to being lightheaded or caught up in a frenzy at a conference because the music was loud and the, the lights were out, but that you have had moments that you can look back and say, I can't explain that other than God revealed himself to me, that God's provision was revealed to me plainly. And that if we have questions, if we are, are, are hesitant to pursue a relationship with God, is that doubt coming from a place where we have seen God contradict himself or we have seen God directly harm us? Or is that based on our affiliation with people or the church? Is our doubt, is our hurt from people in a world that is broken or is it directly from God justifying our doubt in him? And if we, if we haven't gone to him and said, God, show me your glory in the word. So again, I don't encourage you just to go looking for resources. Go to the scripture. Go to the scripture that is alive and active and can show you your heart and show you God that can speak for him. Go to scripture and say, God, show me your glory. And in that, we're going to encounter a God that is merciful, a God that is loving, a God that knows your needs and will provide, but a God that also demands obedience in new hearts that have been born again. So session one, this is all about pursuing a complex relationship with the living God. This is not about having the right answers to the different names of God. This isn't about knowing the story of Israel and how God provided for them or how, how, the, how God sent his son. This isn't about memorizing verses. This is about sitting down and having a difficult and vulnerable conversation with the living God to say, show me your glory, show me my heart, and show me what you expect from me. And be with me always. Show me your glory. And remember, this is about quality. This isn't about quantity. This isn't about you going and reading a lot of books about God. This is about you, the scriptures, the power of the Holy Spirit that has been given to us by Jesus Christ, the Messiah, revealing the heart of God to you, that you would no longer confuse people for God, that you would no longer confuse the sins of the world for God's character, but that you would experience the reality of God's power, his sovereignty, and his love for you. And that is my prayer for you as you're in session one of this course. So that brings us to the end of our audio recap of session one of Relational Christianity. Remember, it's quality over quantity. I'm Pastor Nathan, and let's meet again after session two.